Hello, this is uh, Josh Mack from uh, Cornerstone Bible Church, pastor of Cornerstone Bible Church. Uh, we're uh, doing a little podcast, uh, mostly for our church, actually. Uh, but if you're not from our church, we're glad to have you with us for sure. Uh, but I know you're all busy, and uh, we only have so much so much time. And yet I uh, want to be able to have some conversations uh, with you that are important and that I think will be helpful. And there's uh, really hardly anything more important than marriage and family. And I I hope this is helpful. Uh, What I find even more helpful, uh, though, is just sitting down and discussing. And so as we go through some of this over the next several podcasts talking about marriage and family, if you like, you know what, I want to uh, get together and talk more specifically about marriage and family. Uh, If you're in the area, I would love to do that with you for sure. A part of Cornerstone, definitely want to do that with you. Uh, We can set up a time to get together. Uh, I know uh, sometimes people have a funny attitude about talking about marriage and family problems with their pastor. Like that's for people who are really in trouble or something, but it's really not unusual. Uh, it's normal for us to need help in our families, and it is better to get help at the beginning than it is to pretend like everything is fine and have your family crash. So please, I, I don't expect that me talking and doing a little uh, teaching on this podcast is just going to answer everything. I would expect that you would need to talk with someone outside of this time as well. And again, if you're part of Cornerstone Bible Church, I'm definitely here for you. Uh, That's part of why we're here. Uh, And if you're not, if you're part of a good local church, please go to your pastor and ask for help. But at the same time, I, uh, I do love talking about marriage and family. I've taken classes on marriage and family myself. I've listened to all kinds of sermons. On marriage and family, I did, uh, I remember a few years ago, a week-long seminar in the Philippines on marriage and family. I taught uh, on marriage and family at our church in South Africa. I've read different books on marriage and family, and it doesn't get old to me. I I think this is uh, the kind of thing that you could talk about over and over and over again every year, basically, for a few different reasons. Uh, First of all, because no matter how much you talk about marriage and family, this is not something you really become an expert in. Uh, I'm not an expert in it. There's always a need for growth. And actually, uh, once you stop sensing your need for growth, you're probably going the wrong direction. Uh, Spurgeon used to say, if you see someone bicycling who's not pedaling, you know they're going to come to a stop pretty soon. They're not going to move forward. And if somehow they are going faster and faster, there's only one reason for that, and it's because they're going downhill unless they have an electric bike now, but you know what I mean. Marriage is something we always need to be working at. I've been married uh, for 25 years now. I want to get better. I need to get better. Uh, I think this is a a time in my marriage when I need to make sure I'm not decelerating, but accelerating. I have lots of children, and I know this is one of the most important responsibilities I have in life, and so I want to improve as a dad. And uh, obviously, it's hard to get better at anything without thinking about it. So no matter how much you've thought about marriage and family, it's good to think about it again and then again and then again. And it's not just good like vegetables or something good for you. 
uh, so you do it, but not very enjoyable. It's enjoyable. Family uh, is one of the biggest blessings in the Bible. In Psalm 128, when it talks about the blessings that come to those who fear God, one of the primary things that it talks about is family. It's meant by God to be something good for us. I was talking uh, with someone the other day, and I, I was uh, just realizing, saying and realizing, man, if you put a billion dollars on the table and uh, my family <laughs> on the table as well and asked me to choose between the two, there's not, it's not even like a, a moment's hesitation. Obviously, a, a good marriage and a good family is, is worth more than all the money in the world, without a doubt. So when we talk about becoming uh, better husbands and wives and fathers and mothers, we're really thinking about how to experience more of that blessing in our lives, how to experience more joy by having marriages and families that work the way God designed them to. So there are some real practical reasons why we're going to be talking about this uh, on, on this podcast, our growth, our joy. But those aren't the only kind of reasons I love talking about this subject. Another reason I love talking about this subject is because if you're going to talk about marriage and family, you're going to have to think about the gospel and even just the whole story of the Bible, really. I heard someone say, I think it was Ray Ortland, that you can summarize the story of the Bible with the theme of marriage. This is how Jesus talks about his work with the church. In the Old Testament, this is how God describes his relationship with Israel. And to talk about marriage, uh, you have to talk about so many other doctrines that are connected to the gospel as well. For example, you're going to have to think about the concept of sin. If you're going to have God-honoring marriages, you're going to have to think about forgiveness, about eternity, about God's plans for the future. It's tied to so many gospel-related issues. And we know, of course, that in a sense, that's true of any uh, practical problem, right? To solve any practical problem, you have to go back to the gospel to understand the solution. But there are some issues that are so tied to the gospel uh, that it's just impossible to talk about them without talking about the gospel. And as we look at passages like Ephesians 5, the great New Testament text on marriage, we'll see marriage is definitely one of them. And, and you probably remember how in that passage, Paul's talking about marriage, and then suddenly he's talking about Christ and the church, and then he, and he just kind of keeps going back and forth, because it's like, how do you talk about one without talking about the other? And ultimately, uh, there in Ephesians, you see you can't. You can't. Uh, marriage is about something bigger than marriage. And even the way Paul's using that in Ephesians is to, to prove that. That text is not ultimately first and foremost about marriage. It's about Christ and the church. So it's it's practically helpful to spend this time talking about marriage. It's a joy to spend this time talking about marriage. And uh, it's important because the truth is there are a lot of families that are suffering out there. Marriage is a mess um, for a lot of people. And we know that. It's not like that's shocking. There's a lot of divorce. There's a lot of abuse. There's honestly lots of cynicism about marriage and about family in the world, for sure. You know, I think this is an opportunity for Christians uh, to do a lot of evangelism, actually. If you know something about marriage and family, you're going to be wise and people are going to look to you for help. And so you're going to have something to say to them that is helpful. And that is going to be give you opportunities to take them to Jesus, which you might not have had before. They might not talk to you normally about Christ, but they will talk about marriage. And to talk about marriage with them well, you're going to have to talk about Christ. And so you'll have opportunities to share the gospel because that's ultimately what they need. But it's not just the world that has problems in their marriages. 
Of course, I was talking to someone recently who was in a good church for over 20 years, who everybody thought was doing well, but whose marriage was just so painful. It would be nice if you became a believer, you get married, and as long as you're both Christians, it's just going to be amazing, guaranteed, no problems. But in real life, we know that's not the way it works. I mean, honestly, who doesn't know someone who's dissatisfied with marriage? We all know. Who doesn't know someone who is divorced? We all know. Who doesn't know a wife who is being mistreated by her husband? We all know. Most of us know. Who doesn't know a family that's having significant problems with their children? We all know. And if we wanted to make a a sad list of stories, we could of, of husbands who make major decisions without ever talking to their wives, wives who are constantly gossiping to others, disrespecting their husbands, couples who haven't had sexual relations in years. Fact is, there are so many problems in marriages. There are a lot of people you meet who are actually pretty hopeless about marriage. I remember uh, counseling someone a while back who said, um, "We are we're so happy to meet you and your wife because you seem like you like being married, and everyone else we talk to keeps saying it's so hard. We thought maybe nobody was happy." I talked to uh, someone uh, again not a long a long time ago who who said. You know, I don't know that I've ever met anyone who had a good marriage. (laughs) And that's just sad, you know, to see so many broken marriages. Partly, again, because of how good God's designed the marriage relationship to be. He wasn't messing with us when he created marriage. Um, When you see all these problems, it's not just anything that's not working. It's something really glorious. It's kind of like, I guess, if you see a little scribble I drew on a piece of paper somewhere crumpled up in the trash, you don't feel too badly. It's just a scribble. It's worthless. But if you saw this famous painting, this million-dollar painting, this absolute work of art vandalized, tossed in the trash, there's something deeply sad about that because it was so beautiful and so valuable. And that's the way it is with a broken family, which, of course, is part of why we're going to spend time thinking about marriage and family. We, We all need help. We don't get better without working at it. There's always need for growth. That growth is going to be good for us and for others. And ultimately, it's connected to the glory of God. This is about something bigger than any of us, marriage. And over the next few podcasts, we're going to start with some of the more foundational issues. But maybe I can just end by asking you this. Do you think you need help with your marriage and in your family? It's going to be hard to grow if you don't think you need help. I would say that's got to honestly be one of the biggest reasons many people don't change. They don't think they need help. They mostly think the other person does. (laughs) Do you believe your marriage and family is about something bigger than just your own comfort and satisfaction, but ultimately about God's glory? Obviously, because God made the world to work a certain way, there's things you can learn even as a non-Christian that can help you have a more peaceful marriage, a more comfortable marriage. But having a a comfortable marriage is too small a goal if you're a Christian. What you want most is to glorify God in your marriage and through your marriage. And you might be more comfortable as a result sometimes. You certainly will be more joyful. But the thing is, just being more comfortable isn't the ultimate goal. And it isn't even the best test of whether your marriage is working the way it should. Sometimes you will be uncomfortable if your goal is to glorify God. So you've got to ask, is that what I want most, the glory of God or my own comfort? Do you think you need help? Are you willing to receive it? Is your marriage about something bigger than just your own comfort and satisfaction? And are you actually willing to change if God wants you to? If God asked you to to be different, to do something different, would you be willing? 
And of course, if you're a Christian, you say yes. But slow down. Really? If God's will for you was to be different than what people say is your natural temperament, would you be willing to be different? Uh, If God asked you to do something that would be uncomfortable for you for a long time, would you be willing? It is uh, very difficult to change if fundamentally you're not willing to change. And yet, if we're Christians, uh, the answer, of course, the answer, of course, needs to be yes. We have got lots of good reasons for change. Uh, one of them is that God knows better than we do uh, what is best for marriage. Another is that Jesus died that we might change. And so I, I'm looking forward to uh, continuing to talk about marriage, one that I can change, but two, hopefully that we as believers can work together at changing to have marriages that are good for us, good for society, uh, but ultimately that bring great glory to God.